Hello, and welcome to the Faith Over Fear podcast, where we attack our most pervasive fears with truth. Because life is too short for any of us to live enslaved. We are passionate about helping God's children live in freedom. We would love to chat with you online or on social media. Visit our show notes to learn how to connect with us. I'm Jennifer Slattery. And I'm Shelley Arnold. And we are two moms that have experienced the joy, the struggles, at times the heartbreak and fear of parenting, and who have walked beside others as they try to surrender one of their most precious treasures to Jesus. And I suspect almost any parent, and probably a grandparent as well, can relate. Most of my anxiety centers on my daughter. Parenting has greatly challenged and increased my faith, and I do not like letting go. But I know it's the best possible thing I can do for my daughter. And that doesn't mean I stop caring for her or investing in her life or even fighting for her in our relationship. Instead, it means doing precisely and only as God desires and trusting him to take care of everything else. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, having the courage to entrust our kids to Jesus. I'm going to be sharing my perspective as a mom of an adult married daughter, and Shelly Arnold will be sharing how God has led her as a mom of a prodigal. And she, actually, she has a daughter as well. And when it comes to releasing our kids, we can battle so many fears. You know, Jennifer, you're exactly right in fear of, you know, what are they going to choose for their job and who are they going to marry? And are they going to continue to walk with God after they leave our home? And are they going to, are they going to slip too far or, you know, are they going to, are they going to pay their bills on time? All of the adult life things that we hope we prepared them for, but we're kind of concerned that they might've forgotten life skills, but on the flip side, they can, you know, those fears can get more and more intense to, are they going to walk away from God? Are they going to walk away from our home and never speak to us again? Are they going to have the life skills they need long-term even, you know, to hold down a job or make good choices about friendships and, and who they marry and that type of thing? I think, I think fear is a constant challenge for parents because we're always parents. Once they, once they enter our lives, we, we never stop being a parent. Absolutely. They have our hearts. <laughs> like nobody, almost nobody else can and I but I always like to point us back to remind us of the lies that normally fuel our fears and then also we need to especially as parents we need to be alert to the unspoken messages our behavior sends to our kids so whether they're adults or whether they're still in our home when we refuse to surrender to follow God's leading we basically try to put ourselves in the savior position we're saying A, that God won't give them answers. B, that God isn't enough for them in this, whatever their challenge is, that they can't handle it, that God won't give them what they need to handle it, and that they can't overcome this on their own, of course, with Jesus. But to me, those messages are more dangerous than anything they might face. I agree. And I think uh, one of the challenges of being a parent, especially with regard to spiritual issues and our child's spiritual growth, is we have to be willing to accept that we started as spiritual babies. We found Jesus no matter what life we, what age we were at in our life. And we have 
to let our children walk through that spiritual infancy. We have to let them walk through questioning and wrestling with God and, and struggling in their faith and being uncomfortable in their faith. I don't get to set the pace for her spiritual growth and her walk. You know, that's, that's between her and God. And sometimes it's a slow one. You know, sometimes I know for me, I'm hardheaded with God sometimes, and it takes him a long time to work on something in my life. So I've had to learn also to, to honor that pace that God sets for them and not let that be a stress to me or something that I want to control. You know, one thing I love about that is I, God has been reminding me and my, my daughter's an adult now, and it's amazing how much he's showing me now, as far as my role to point her to him rather than to kind of control And he's reminding me that that's my greatest and most important goal of parenting to teach my child now an adult, but back when she was a kid, kind of that progression you talked about, not to rely on me, not to turn to me first for answers, but instead to rely on Jesus and to always seek him first. He is so, he's a much better savior than I am. And my family, they jokingly call me mama bear because I can be pretty fiercely protective of those I love. Like my heart just, I feel intensely. And when my daughter's hurting or when she's struggling or when she's afraid, I get an almost visceral gut reaction that propels me to action. And when she was younger, that was, that was helpful. That was necessary. Now it can be harmful. It can be hurtful. And so what I'm trying to learn when I feel that, that it's, an indication to pray. That's my first, my, my best response. And, and to really, sometimes I have to wrestle within myself and recognize that it, it's revealing in me a lot of times a lack of faith. I see how that can happen. And I think I've seen it happen in myself also, because like you said, your kids are your heart. I mean, seriously, you know, when you love your kids like this, your kids are pieces of your heart walking around. And they're just not necessarily with you and up, you know, underneath your arm, (laughs) like they were when they were children and you were toting them on your hip or whatever. I think prayer and God is teaching me this prayer is a way I can love my kids when they're not in my line of sight. Prayer is a way that I can even maybe partner with God and come alongside the work that he's doing in them praying for, for myself to be a help and not a hindrance. If my, my oldest son who's married and, and out, you know, living his own life and gave me a grandbaby this year, if he calls me and needs my help, hooray, I want to be a help and not a hindrance in those moments. So I, I get that. I get that. And it is, it is a journey. So I'll be learning as I go. It's parenting is always on the job training. (laughs) I've been reading a book, but it's by David Paul Tripp. And I'll put it in the show notes, but it's called Age of Opportunity, A Biblical Guide to Parenting Teens. And he talks a lot about that, about how our our goal is really to get to the heart of the issue, which takes longer, which takes faith. It means not jumping in with that quick solution. It's pausing and saying, and he gave a story that I think for a lot of parents would probably just rip your heart out. And actually, I've talked to parents that have experienced this, and it has ripped their heart out. So a parent learned that their teenage boy was addicted to pornography. And you can just imagine the weight on those parents to discover that, the fear, the weight, the shock, the pain. And he said to them, 
basically, do you see God in this? You could have never known. Like this could have never been brought to your attention. This is God's grace by revealing to you your son's struggle. And now you have an opportunity, and I'm kind of paraphrasing the gist of the book and then also the story, but it gives us the opportunity to invite us into a struggle, into a heart issue with God's leading that we may never have recognized. And I was thinking about that as well. One one woman in particular discovered her child and, and as a child was engaged in pornography. And I just, I'm so, so thankful that one, my daughter's not really into social media and two, it wasn't as huge of a thing when she was growing up. I think it's terrifying for parents now to have so much out of their control that they really can't protect their kids from. And anyway, when, as I was just praying for this particular mom, I realized what a work of grace God was doing in that while he was in their home, under their wing and under their guidance, they were given the opportunity to walk with him in this really intense battle, this really intense struggle and to show him how to find victory in Christ, not to find victory for him because they can't, but let's just say that hadn't happened right to the teenager. Let's say it happened to the 35 year old. There's not, that's harder. It's, it's much harder. We, we've had a very similar situation in our family with our middle son, Adam, where um, in February, 2017, he gave us a 25 page letter that had uh, 10 wor- ten years worth of, of secrets, secret addictions and behaviors that he had embraced because of those addictions that um he was just letting us know in that letter that he'd made a life plan for himself based on this. And he was embracing those lies and those addictions completely and had a specific plan for his life. And um, that plan included him walking away from his faith and everything that we had taught him. If we had known what was going on for the previous 10 years, absolutely we could have come alongside and i i hope i hope i would have effectively done that i hope i would have known how to seek god enough then god's timing wasn't for us to know when when he was engaging in some things in our home that we thought we had protected him from that wasn't that wasn't the timing for us but i agree with you when when a parent gets gets the gift of the knowledge of what their child is struggling with while their child is still at home. That is indeed a gift. It's a scary gift. The alternative is you find out after the fact, which is our road. And when your child has already made some decisions about their faith and what they're going to do with the rest of their life that end up not including you any longer. And that's, that's another area of release. When you find out you have a prodigal, and they're walking away from what you've taught them, and they're walking away from you. I will say I can't imagine that pain. The only time I've come close, just that God allowed me to understand, just a smidgen of what that would feel like, 
was when my daughter went through a wrestling period with that. She does walk with Jesus. I'm very thankful for that. But there was a period where she was struggling with her faith. And so God used that. He brought so much out within me during that period and like showed me the things that I was kind of struggling with. And I'm going to, I wanted to give a quote from Paul David Tripp, again, the age of opportunity. And he said, the teen years, and I'm going to extrapolate to say parenting in general, are hard for us because they tend to bring out the worst in us. These years are hard for us because they expose the wrong thoughts and desires of our own hearts. And I'm going to add here our doubts, our fears, our insecurities, inner lies that we have adopted, lies regarding faith. And and these years, back to his quote, these years are hard for us because they rip back the curtain and they expose us, which is also, this is my, so end of quote, This is also why parenting has such a capacity to grow us. It invites us to acknowledge our areas of weakness, our our areas of doubt, our, our fears, our struggles, our hurt, our grief, to just acknowledge all of that while allowing God to meet us there and then to develop within us everything that is lovely and beautiful and healthy. So as we process parenting, like this releasing our children into God's care, we're going to be wrestling with a lot of things internally. We're going to be wrestling with a lot of emotion. I agree. Absolutely. There's, there's joy and sorrow that comes with that. There's celebrating and fear that comes with that. And I think too, you know, those, our emotions our emotions are never in boxes. They're never like in file cabinets that we can get one out at a time. They always come out in groups and they swirl and they get tangled and they're, you know, they can become messy like a ball of yarn. And the layers of that with, you know, my fears over my own children and, and your fears over your children or your, your daughter there, those layers absolutely, like your quote uh, from Mr. Tripp's book insinuated and talks about it all is based upon our own perspective we bring our own stuff to even what we see our kids struggling with god has more for us than we realize god has more provision and he's bigger than we than we know so at each season for us whether we're grieving our child for for happy reasons or grieving our child for painful reasons, God has joy to come alongside our sorrow. He has peace to counterbalance balance our, our fears. And if we, can, if we can navigate that grief with God and these different seasons with God, I think we'll be better parents overall and better equipped to release them at each stage of their lives and release them to God that way. I think a lot of parents have found comfort in the parable of the prodigal son. So for those who aren't familiar with this story, a parable is a story that Jesus told in order to convey a spiritual truth. And you can find it in Luke chapter 15, verses 11 to 32. And I do want to explain in context, Jesus told this story to help us understand God's extreme love for the outcast, for the rebel, and to understand really the gospel. But 
we can pull because we are to love like Jesus and it has truth principles within it. We can pull certain principles that we see in that story and then apply it to us as a parent. And one thing I do want to mention for parents, one, one thing I love about this story in the analogy, God is the father. He is a perfect father and yet his son Bales. So I'm going to paraphrase it. Basically what happens is you have this young man. He goes to his father one day and he says, you know what? I want my inheritance. Give me everything that's due me. I want to go live my own life. And this would have been the equivalent in that culture of him basically saying, I wish you were dead. I want nothing to do with you. I want everything I can get from you, but I want nothing to do with you. And that would hurt so deeply. And so the father, he gave the young man his inheritance and the young man took off and he lived a very sinful life, partying and, and who knows what else until he eventually was working with pigs. Now in the Jewish culture, that would have been just shocking to the audience hearing this because Pigs were, were considered unclean. You were considered unclean, defiled if you were around pigs. And part of that probably came from health reasons, but then also because pigs were used in pagan culture and pagan religion and pagan sacrifices. So basically this was like, this was like saying the son took everything good, every blessing, everything the father had poured into him and basically slapped his dad in the face, took off, and pretty much hit rock as rock bottom in the Jewish culture as you could get. I see that. I, I see that in, in the story of the prodigal son. And I, I think I relate to the, the father's pain in that story. You know, God spoke to my heart one day, Shelley, wouldn't you have to trust me the same if he was a missionary to China? Well, yes, I would. Because on any given day, I don't know where Adam is living. I don't know if he's dead or alive. I don't know if he's got food. I don't know if he's hungry. I don't know if he has friends. I don't know what's going on with him at all. And that's, that's tough. That's a grief journey, you know, but understanding that God's bigger and God knows that's where I begin to find comfort. The one thing I find interesting in the story of the prodigal is that the father lets him go. If it had been me, I would be like chasing after the son. Please don't leave. What can I do differently? And that's when we start crossing boundaries and we start enabling or manipulating. And sometimes we have to just let our kids go. You're absolutely right. But the releasing part is critical for us as parents and for the child. We, we, have, we have no choice but to release them and let them make their own choices and let them kind of sit in the results of those choices and, and hopefully they're learning positive things from that. But even that, you know, desire, it's, it's not up to us. That's very true. Even if we may wish it was up to us sometimes, but I really don't want to do anything to get in God's way. I don't want my fear to hinder whatever God is trying to do in my daughter's life, even if that means that she needs to experience the consequences of her choices. If if she needs to experience failure, whether that's big failure or little failure, 
I think we all know that sometimes we learn the most through our failure, through our moments of regret. And in this parable, it was the son, it was him reaching the very end of himself. It was him experiencing the full consequences of his actions that ultimately brought him home, that brought him restoration with the father and that brought him healing and life. You know, like you said, the parable is a picture of our heavenly father's love for each of us and, and how he fathers us. He gives us the ability to move and breathe and gives us our lives. And we have, we can do what we want with it. We can walk away from him and all his truth if we want to, but his heart is always to restore relationship and redeem. Yeah. And I think we have to, at least for me, every challenge my daughter faces tends to prick at, I overly associate with her successes and failures. And I can remember every one of my failures because I'm still growing. I am not Jesus. I don't parent perfectly. And I have to deal with my, my guilt because if I don't deal with my guilt effectively, I will put that into the relationship and that's not healthy. Again, that's when we cross boundaries and we begin to manipulate or do all sorts of, play all sorts of emotional games. And I have to recognize there's a couple things, like you said, that even though I make mistakes, even though I'm not Jesus, my child is still accountable for her choices and seeking God in, you know, in all of the things that she faces. And then I have to remember that I am covered in grace that she is covered in grace, that the relationship has grace upon grace. And I love this, something Jennifer Hen said in a previous episode on having the courage to homeschool. She said, God will fill in our gaps. And I have seen that so many times where God has kind of brought somebody else to come alongside in an area of weakness that I have had or that he's used it to grow her and that's the important thing too, is God will use everything. Romans 8, 28 to 30 says, God will use everything, including my failure as a mom, the hurt that I caused her. And I do own up to my hurt and I do try to evaluate with her. Like I invite her to tell me, how have I hurt you? What, do I, what have I done? Like, I don't come to, I don't, I anticipate that I have hurt her because I know I'm not Jesus, but I love Romans 8.28, and I think sometimes we make the mistake of just landing on Romans 8.28 when we need to understand in context the good that God is talking about. And I'm going to actually read it. It says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters and those he predestined. He also called those he called. He also justified those he justified. He also glorified. So what's that, what that is saying is God is doing working in all things for our good, the good of our relationship and the good of our child. And the good that he is working towards is to conform us into the image of his son. God will use my failures as a mom and the challenges that my daughter has experienced to grow her, to mold her, and to transform her. If I listen to his leading, trust him to do what he's going to do, do what I'm supposed to do, but trust him to do what he is going to do. Well, we do have to trust that, don't we? And, that, and that's, that's a tough thing, and it changes shape and changes color every day. I'm not a perfect mom. 
I see things now. I'm, I'm a better mom to our third child than I was to our first and second. That's for sure, because I'm still learning and growing, you know, and that kind of guilt I understand what you were saying about guilt, that kind of guilt where you look back and you go, oh, man, if I had if I had known this and been strong in this when when my other child was 10 or, you know, if I'd known this back when we can we can beat ourselves up. But you're right. God's grace does make up the difference. God does cover our failures. And I will say this. God has also spoken to my heart, especially about Adam, that Shelley, I used your pain to bring you to me. You cannot begrudge it if I use Adam's pain to bring him to me. Because God has a long-term vision for our kids. They, God knows if they're going to be set in their faith or not by the time they leave our home or by the time they're 18 or by the time they're 20 or 21 or whatever. God's got a long-term vision, and, and we have to be willing to accept that. You know, that God working all things for good might not be immediate. It might not even be something that we get to see necessarily. We might not get to witness that. Maybe we planted the seed, but we don't get to harvest the seed. And trusting God with that long-term vision, trusting that God is going to, you know, bring about the work that he has called our child to or, or, or bring about his promise in that child and his word not return void, that's part of releasing Instead of us trying to, to make our child's life be something, we let that be a work of God in them, even if we're not part of their lives or don't get to see that in their lives. Yeah, and I think we need support. So we need scripture. We need to be in scripture daily. We need to be praying. And we need a support system of other parents, of those who are a little above us, like a little more spiritually mature, because it's a confusing time. Like I know for my husband and I, we've had conversations like, okay, what is, what is like us coaching and what is us encroaching? Like there's that line and we are having to constantly, and we have to evaluate and we mess up. And so when we mess up, when we cross that line where we are not releasing like we should, and we're kind of enforcing, which is not a role anymore. And then we step back we have a phone call. I apologize. I'm like, wow, I crossed a boundary here. Like that was wrong. I'm learning. Will you forgive me? And I need to, the other thing I like to make clear is I need to repair what my behavior, the damage my behavior caused, because I believe when I do those things, it does, whether it's small damage or big damage, and then trying to figure that out with Christ and with the community of believers what is the right way to respond in this situation? That's challenging. It's confusing. It'll look different for each of us, but God will guide us. So thank you for listening. I hope today's episode gave you some encouragement, maybe some healing, and hopefully some courage to love your child precisely as God leads. If you haven't already done so, I encourage you to subscribe. Then you won't miss a single episode and make sure to rate it. That encourages us greatly, and it also helps others to find it and share it with your friends. Until next time, may you live with the courage of one who truly has been set free. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to Faith Over Fear, a production of Life Audio and the Salem Web Network. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. 
To learn more about Jennifer Slattery or to check out any of the resources she mentioned in this episode, just head over to her website, jenniferslatterylivesoutloud.com, or check out our show notes. This episode was produced by Kelly Givens and edited by Stephen Sanders. A special thanks to our executive producer, Stephen McGarvey. For more Faith Toolkit podcasts like this, just head over to lifeaudio.com. God's Word will change our life, but sometimes it's hard to know where to start. Well, that's where I come in. I'm Jody Nisnik, host of So Much More, Creating Space for God, a scripture meditation podcast. And each week, I guide you through a scripture, giving you space to listen to the Spirit and pray about what's on your heart. Then we have a thoughtful conversation with guests to help us go deeper. Listen and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.